I, for one, did not have Ty Thompson playing against Utah on my bingo card. If you did, cha-ching, Ducks dominate. Full reaction. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you. Wherever you listen to or watch the show, we're almost to 4,000 on YouTube. Can we do it by Monday? I hope so. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase oh goodness oh goodness am i in some kind of mood just pulling up the box score here real quick because that was a shellacking in salt lake city oregon across the board did just about anything and everything that it wanted to in a 35 to 6 win over utah there are some utah fans who i'm sure would like to have their comments back and this is a small minority but you know they were out there and in the comment section don't dish if you can't take it who said well oregon hasn't faced a defense like utah all season long they're not going to have that much success well here's the thing it's true they hadn't faced a defense all season long as good as utah's and they were facing them on the road a place where they hadn't lost regardless of who's starting at quarterback with fans in the stands since 2018 and oregon dominated the game they dominated the game and utah's defense showed up by the way in a way that isn't super noticeable but also oregon was under 400 yards of total offense That's less than they usually have, but Oregon is a complete football team, and they showed that against the Utes. Did not allow a touchdown to Utah's offense. Six points, two field goals, both in the first half. That's it. That's all Utah had. Oregon was great situationally. Utah, 5 of 13, or 5 of 15 on third down, 1 of 3 on fourth. Oregon, 5 of 10 on third down. Did not have to attempt a fourth down in this game, which we're all happy about. I don't know how much better we can feel about this Oregon team at the moment. This was an utterly dominant performance against a really good football team in a really tough place to win football games. And Kyle Whittingham said in his post-game chat that we haven't been beaten like that in a long time. Oregon was better in every single facet. Their offense outplayed Utah's defense. Oregon's defense outplayed Utah's offense by a lot, probably even more so than the offense outplayed the defense. This was, as Dan Lanning put it, the most complete game of the Dan Lanning era. That was a four quarters, start to finish, utterly dominant performance against a top 15 team on the road. It's Oregon's biggest win of the season. Might be the biggest win of Dan Lanning's career to this point. Certainly the best overall coaching effort. I'm going to save those thoughts and let them marinate, you know, like a a well-cooked steak is able to do before being placed on the grill. I'm going to let that marinate and come back with you on on Monday on that thought. But, man, this feels good. I mean, the the confidence in this Oregon team has to be sky high at this point in time. Because you look around the rest of the Pac-12 and the rest of Oregon's schedule, Cal's coming to town next week, followed by USC. 
Not really worried about either one of those teams who played a 50-49 to barn burner at Memorial Stadium today. Then it's at Arizona State, a rebuilding program. And then it's Oregon State in the game formerly known as the Civil War, which is what it is to me forever and always. And I know a lot of you feel that way as well. I feel really good about Oregon's chances. I, I think they're in an excellent spot. Th- this game was such a big statement. Oregon, Bo Nix wasn't sacked. Did you know that? He was pressured a couple times. But the the, the symbiotic nature of Bo Nix and his offensive line is outstanding. I, I mean outstanding. Utah ends the game. I'll get to the defense in a sec. Let's let's talk offense. Oregon, 390 total yards. Bo Nix, ho-hum, 248, two scores, one on the ground, had a couple of key runs on uh, third downs or goal-to-go situations, 142 yards rushing for the Ducks. That is their second lowest total of the season, and they still won the game by 29 points. 29 points. My goodness, that was, that was something else. And Dan Lanning, um, maybe he listens to or watches the show. I don't know. He said that uh, before the season, people were were asking questions about the offensive line and that the offensive line was a question mark, which, by the way, I didn't have a doubt, but I had a question about the O-line. New center, new left tackle, only one returning starter, really, too, with, uh, with the guards, Marcus Harper, Stephen Jones. How's it going to be? Dan Lanning said it best, quote, I don't know if that's a question mark anymore. I don't know how it can be. You go on the road with a defense, a team that has one of the strongest defensive cultures in all of college football with Jonah Ellis, the best pass rusher in the country outside of Latu at UCLA and allows zero sacks. Bo Nix's ability to make quick decisions, deliver the ball on time and on target is really good. But that offensive line, they've answered all the questions I need to see. I, I, I got full faith and confidence here because that was an exceptional performance. I mean, you look at every single unit. I could give you every unit, and we'll get to them all pretty much next week on the show and say, yeah, they played really well. Yeah, they played really well. Bo Nix, oh, yeah, he played really well. Uh, Bucky Irving, once again, another good game. 14 carries for 83 yards, almost six yards a carry. This is a Utah team that doesn't allow rushing yards. This is a Utah team that was, I think, allowing 75 a game. Oregon went for over five yards a carry. And frankly, I think the yardage in this game might have been even greater if Oregon hadn't forced not one but two turnovers of Bryson Barnes. Before the game, I compared Bryson Barnes to Tyler Shuck. He never lost as a starter coming into this matchup. Oregon is on the road in a hostile environment. The quarterback is capable, though not a driving force. I think Shuck's got a little bit better mobility. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit better arm. And I thought the Ducks were going to have a chance to turn him over a couple times. Well, they did. Tysheen Johnson, the man with two interceptions in this game. And the first one was basically all Tysheen just reading and reacting. The second one was was a team interception. You know, uh, there's pressure up the middle. Barnes flushes out to his right. Jeffrey Bossa plays it perfectly. He's so good at that quarterback spy contain role. He, He was absolutely outstanding. He and Justin Jacobs both. That's dynamic linebacker tandem there. Barnes forces a throw. Tysheem Johnson makes a heck of a play, sets up Oregon with a short field. I I, I was so thoroughly impressed with this team on both sides of the ball. I could not agree with Dan Lanning anymore. Oregon was perfect in the red zone. They had five touchdowns, no field goal attempts today. I loved everything that I saw out there. How could you not? 
how 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 could you not? That that was a massive massive win where Oregon just dominated everywhere you looked. I seriously in a million years would not have guessed. Yeah, Ty Thompson's going to play in this game. Even if Bryson Barnes is starting on the other side. I've still seen that Utah team with Bryson Barnes beat a respectable Florida team at home, beat USC on the road, a top 25 team. I, I, I did not think that it was going to get to that point, but lo and behold, here we are. The Ducks just across the board. Troy Franklin is awesome. That guy's so good. That guy's so good. Bo Nix is so good. I am in a doubly good mood today because Oregon wins by 29. Shout out to my Thunderbirds of Southern Utah, by the way. A 38-point thumping of Abilene Christian. I was calling that game, and then during every commercial break, I'm going to the Oregon broadcast and seeing, hey, this is going extremely well. Watch the game afterwards. I, 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 Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic stuff out there. And this was a massive, massive statement for Oregon. Just how massive, well, kind of like the massive explosive plays the Ducks were generating out there, which are game changers across the board, just like Athletic Brewing Company is changing the non-alcoholic beer game because they have this wild concept where they're making non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're great-tasting, award-winning, beat-out, full-strength beers in global competitions. Over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more, and they're fit for all times, literally, any time of day. Watching a big game, watching your kids' game, tackling a workout, out for a stroll, on the golf course, wherever, there's no hangovers ever. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, but you can get them online as well. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Did you go to this Oregon game? Do you want to go to another Oregon game? Game time is the way to get your tickets because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, which for the Ducks is next Saturday at Austin Stadium against Cal. Game time is the fast and easy easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. That's Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Had a college football broadcast today. Definitely needed a second segment sip there. I've done a lot of talking today. I've done a lot of talking today. And yet somehow my voice still sounds different to all of you than it does to me, which is a weird phenomenon. But anyway, this is a massive win for Oregon. How big? I don't want to overreact to it. It's up there. I mean, Dan Lanning has turned in his two best coaching performances against Utah. I don't know what it is about Kyle Whittingham, who's a great coach. By the way, I am so sad that we're not going to play Utah again for God only knows how long. I'm really sad about that. I like playing the Utes. I like that every now and then one team can blow out the other. But by the way, of the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, of the last five meetings... Wait, what? hold on. One last year, two, three, four, and then five. Yeah, of the last five meetings, four of them have been blowouts. Fun fact. 
We got housed twice in 2021, housed them in the Pac-12 title game in 2019, dominated them today, and last year was a close game. But this is just a great matchup between two great programs. I think it sucks that it's going away, but this is a big game. I mean, it's such a big game for Oregon to win. College game day there. Nation is watching prime time, you know, with uh, with Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson there. Joel is just simply sublime as, as an analyst for college football. Jenny Taft on the sidelines is great as well. Like, I, I think that this is such a great place for Oregon to be heading into the first college football playoff rankings on Tuesday. Washington will beat Stanford, and they'll be behind the Huskies. But, boy, every week that goes by, a rematch in Vegas feels all the more likely because Oregon just looks so, so good. No touchdowns in this game. I didn't think Utah's offense would go crazy. I thought they would look a lot closer to what they did against UCLA and Oregon State than they did against USC USC and Cal, who we just learned don't play any defense, really. I was right about that. No touchdowns, though, on the road. Man, the Utes ran for 99 yards. They were averaging 282 over the last couple of weeks. They ran for 99 on this Oregon defense. The pass defense was there. Bryson Barnes was under constant pressure all day, 15 to 29, 136 yards and a couple interceptions. I, I mean, just outstanding stuff. And Oregon had just two sacks, but plenty more quarterback hits and pressures. And I mean, everything was there college game day the Utes lose in front of their home fans for the first time since 2018 they lost the game in 2020 doesn't really count fans weren't there that's the first time in five years in Oregon gave them one to remember and I was at the game in 2015 when Utah came into Autzen Stadium Vernon Adams got hurt it was the Jeff Lockie Taylor Alley show and Utah just clowned us Britton Covey had a punt return they did that fake punt return thing Oregon got housed. It was ugly. This was payback for that in the minds of Oregon fans. This was payback. Not in a malicious way. I got nothing against Utah fans. 98% of them out there are just fantastic college football fans. They really are. But this was that game. They gave us one in 2015. This is the lasting impression they've got of Oregon. 35 to 6. And by the way, the last time Utah lost that stadium in 2018 to Washington, who went on to win the Pac-12 championship. Did not get to the playoff because they had two losses thanks to Oregon and, uh, you know, C.J. Verdell and whatnot in that wild game. But that was a big-time win, one that I don't think – look, I predicted Oregon to win by double digits. I didn't have them winning by 29. That defense just showed you something. That offensive line showed you something. Bo Nix showed you something. And it's that this Oregon team can get to the college football playoff. They're good enough. Straight up. No kicker. That's what they're playing like at their ceiling. I mean, this is such a fantastic win. It'd be one thing if the defense dominated and it was a 20 to 6 kind of slugfest sort of game. Mm -mm. Oregon ran the ball for over five yards of carry. Utah doesn't allow that. Oregon threw the ball really well. Bonix wasn't sacked. That never happens. Oregon showed why they have been labeled by many, myself included, as the most complete team in the Pac-12. Does it guarantee they're going to win the Pac-12 championship? Nope. We know that Washington's really good. But this Oregon team, situationally, they were really good. Running the ball, they were really good. Throwing the ball, they were good. They were good situationally on both sides of the ball. Remember those numbers. Let me pull them up real quick. Want to make sure I got them right. Utah on third down, 5 of 15. 
and one of three on fourth. That stop on fourth down on the quarterback run from Bryson Barnes early in the game set the tone. And then coming out in the third quarter, Jordan Birch makes that tackle for loss on third and two, just completely blows the play up. I don't even know if he had to. I think Steve Stevens was going to make the stop regardless. But Birch blows it up. Oregon gets the ball back, goes down and scores. I mean, that was just, that was outstanding. That was outstanding on, on the defensive side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball. I know that Tosh Lupoy had his critics and skeptics coming into the year. I think he's quieted those people down a pretty hefty amount right now with the way that defense just played. I mean, that that was absolutely, utterly dominant. And I thought Oregon would win. And I thought their offense would be able to do about what they did. I had them at 31 points. They end up with 35. I think if you go back and look at my game predictions this year and all my score predictions, I've been within a touchdown of Oregon's point total. Let's see, we're, we're sitting at 7-1. and one. I think I've been within a touchdown about six times. Not bad. So, 248 passing, 142 rushing. Didn't even feel like the offense played perfectly, but they were pretty close to it. Like, you're, you're not going to have – I'm sure some Oregon fans will say, oh, they didn't score in the fourth quarter. They didn't do this. Game was already in hand, so I don't really care, number one. Number two, Utah is still a very good defense. Make no mistake about it. That's still a very good football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know they had some injuries. They still know how to play. They still know how to play, and, and Oregon showed their depth. Uh, they were certainly the healthier team in this game, and, and that showed, but – I, I think that Oregon was just the better team across the board, is the better team across the board. That that was completely and utterly dominant. I thought going into this year, if Cam Rising played, this would be one of Oregon's two losses. Cam Rising helps Utah, you know, get on the scoreboard with a touchdown. No, Oregon, Oregon's winning that game no matter what. I think Cam Rising is a really good player. He's not worth 29 points. He's not. Just not that. Cam Rising last year at Autzen Stadium – with a defensive touchdown, put up 17. At home, yeah, they could have maybe put up over 20 or around 20. I don't think they were ever going higher than that. That defense is playing at a really high level. Lanning and Chris Hampton and Tosh Lupoy, they got those guys playing at a ridiculously high level. And that is a big-time statement win with a lot of people watching, a lot of eyeballs. That's a fantastic game. Fantastic game by Oregon. Stoke for Dan Lanning. Stoke for the Ducks. 7-1. and one. Feels really, really good. Really, really good. Oh, man, that was awesome. Uh, mailbag questions, send them all. Send all of them, all the questions, YouTube comments or Twitter. If you want priority mailbag access and you want to be a Locked on Ducks insider where you get to do things like talk with me during the game if I'm able to watch or hear all my detailed thoughts or get priority mailbag access or anything like that, join the Locked on Ducks subtext community. Just $5 a month after a 14-day free trial. So, uh, this was a comment that came in I wanted to touch on. Uh, even though Utah was banged up, Oregon went in there and dominated Utah's great defense. Yeah, they played really well. Oregon's defense was amazing. Tysheem stepped up. Yeah, Tysheem Johnson deserves a big-time shout-out. I had been critical of him, fairly so, going into this game because I looked at the safety play, and it was one of my big weaknesses for Oregon on, I think it was Tuesday's show. I said, yeah, that's one of their big weaknesses. Not getting explosive, you know, game-changing plays from the safeties. Well, I bring to you Tysheem Johnson's two interceptions. Fantastic coverage by the Ducks across the board. I thought they'd have an advantage there, uh, you know, with, with the secondary against that Utah offense, and they did. And then Evan Williams on the blitz. I think Evan Williams is the best, bl best blitzing safety. 
I've ever seen on a team of mine, not named Jamal Adams. I'm a Seahawks fan, so Jamal Adams is good. But Evan Williams, man, when he's on the blitz, he's bringing the lumber. When he's coming up, he is so fast and explosive. He, he looked absolutely amazing. Everything about this Oregon team, everything went well today. Everything went well, and that was really, really good. What's next? What's the vibe for what comes up next? We'll talk about that after we talk about prize picks, of course, because it's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. That's it. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in like Oregon was rolling up the points in Salt Lake City today. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. I have done a lot of talking today, and somehow I'm not tired of it. Does that make me an egomaniac? Probably, but oh well. Mailback question. This was from the subtext community. Best way to get me is getting the subtext. Does this win put Oregon in the driver's seat to win the Pac-12, even though that loss against Washington still stings us? Oregon looked better than Washington, but the home field made a difference. I agree the home field made a difference, and I think Oregon wins on a neutral or at Autzen Stadium. and. I would love to see a rematch. Frankly, I just want to see Oregon win the Pac-12, go to the playoff, and see what happens because I think this team is really, really good on both sides of the ball. They are exceptional. The Ducks control their own fate to get to the Pac-12 title game. If they win out, there is no scenario, none, in which they can be held out of the Pac-12 title game. Oregon State already has a conference loss to Utah. USC already has a conference loss to Utah, or sorry, uh, Oregon State lost to Washington State. My apologies. They beat Utah. Uh, Utah has two losses, so the Ducks would have to lose two more times to fall below the Utes there, and I don't see that happening. Definitely not. And what Washington, you know, two teams are going to play there. There's no more Pac-12 North, Pac-12 South. If they did, Oregon would uh, need Washington to lose twice. So it's definitely good that the PAC 12 has gone to this model. No one should have divisions by the way, in college football. This is the way it always should have been. Oregon would have played in a couple more PAC 12 title games against Stanford in years where the Cardinal were really, really good. Had they implemented this rule sooner, but everyone is just now coming around to, Hey, divisions kind of stink. Yeah. Fact check. True. When you have, uh, you know, conferences as small as 10 or 12 teams. So Oregon controls their own fate. Win your next five games, which would the fifth would be the Pac-12 title game, no matter who the opponent is, Oregon's in the college football playoff. Period, point blank, end of discussion. There, there, there is no debate about it, especially if it's against Washington, because then it would be the same script as 2014. Lose to Arizona in a close one uh, at home. That game even was at home. This one was on the road, of course. Come back and beat them in the Pac-12 title game, 12-1, and one, you're in. You're in. And for the Pac-12 championship game, Oregon controls their own destiny completely. There is no one that, you know, if that Oregon needs to lose, there's no one that Oregon, nothing. Win your next four games and Oregon's 11 and one and playing for a Pac-12 championship and the right to go to the college football playoff. It is that simple. And this team is good enough to do it. This team is good enough to do it. And we should all be really excited. All those months of off season talk and hype and debate and questions and everything like that. 
we know two-thirds of the way through the regular season, Oregon's good enough to go to the college football playoff. Once you get there, got to see the matchup, got to know. But they can beat anybody in the Pac-12. We know that. And they've got four teams left on their schedule. They're going to be favored against all of them. It's Cal and USC, favored in both of those games. At Arizona State, favored against Oregon State at home. They, again, will be favored. B's got a tough one tonight against Arizona. Fascinating to watch that football game. And I get to enjoy it just like all of you with a big Oregon win. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.